Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is your host, Brian Wayne here, and uh, I'm here to let you know, in case you did not know already, uh, that the Cheers to Comics podcast has since evolved. And uh, if you're looking for a new shiny place to get your comic books from, then you need to head on over to Shop cheers to comics.com it's like cheers to comics.com only with the shop in front of it uh shop cheers to comics.com and if you use code podcast at checkout you're going to save yourself 10 percent and i'm constantly adding new inventory hot spec books uh everything everything any any type of book under the sun is it uh as it, as it comes under my radar and it gets added into the inventory, I, I make it available to you. So remember, head on over to shopcheerstocomics.com and use code PODCAST at checkout and save yourself 10%. <laughs> to the Cheers to Comics podcast. I'm your host, Brian Wayne, and this is episode 393. The 393rd episode of the Cheers to Comics podcast will be a creator corner. Oh yeah, bringing it back. I'll be talking to some amazing creators. Some creators that, if you don't already know their name from their Kickstarter fame, you're fixing to know who they are. These guys are going to blow up. They brought you books like Hocus Pocus and Grandma Chainsaw. We're talking to the one and onlys, Alan Dunford and Will Radford. Or as how I will forever go forward referring to them as the Ferds. So, uh, I'm, I'm very excited to open up the year with this interview uh it was been scheduled i don't know at least twice throughout 2022 and just i don't know if you're a regular listener you realize 2022 was cuckoo bonkers for the show um but we're we're starting off right this year god damn are we starting off right this year so without any further ado i bring to you 
the Ferds. All right, Alan, Will, how are you, gentlemen? We are. Well, I'm speaking for Will. We're both fantastic. <laughs> yep. You know, That's, I, I have nothing to add to that. I, when you say you're, you're speaking for Will uh, and like the three minute dynamic I've already experienced between the two of you, you guys almost seem as one, you know, <laughs> yeah. so it's I, I, I could see you two speaking on each other's behalves quite often. So probably, yeah. that's, that's that's it's got to be almost relieving in a way, you know, one person well, just takes the reins and the other one's like, I'm, you know, I'm going to take a break this time. You know what to say. Alan and I have a, a strange history because we actually just like like in traditional body horror style, we just like split off from one entity. Yeah. <laughs> and then we killed that entity <laughs> and it became. Us. I'm sorry. I've been reading a lot of cosmic horror lately. Yeah. I, I, so, like, it, this is this this is the kind of thing that's on my mind. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. Well, um, like I was saying before, the, this interview is a long time coming. Uh, this is the kickoff interview for 2023. Um, last year it was it was a strange, strange year. So I, I figured I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna do 2023 real nice and. Uh, I got to say, after reading Pocus Hocus, getting that Kickstarter in the mail, even just after opening up the Kickstarter and seeing it, my roommate looked at, he was even like, whoa, this cover, <laughs> like this, this, this is an yeah. amazing cover, man. It, the, it just, the trade's awesome. Yeah. Brian it, did such a good job on that. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. it's everything about this from cover to the final page is just, it, it, it sucked me in. And to the point where, I felt I was legitimately mad at myself that the last couple of times we tried to interview didn't go through because I was like, I should have talked about this so long ago. The, the, oh. the, it was such such an amazing read. I have I, I can and I can honestly say that as somebody that's been kicking around the idea of storytelling myself, the amount of inspiration I got from reading this book. Oh man! Seriously, and I got I, chills. Thank you. Oh that man, is, I, I say yeah. that with all of the sincerity there is to say that with. Uh, yeah. I, I just ideas just started pouring out of my head because of how, I mean the, the this story is everything that I want in uh, storybook telling because I, I I like my horror, you know I, I I like the fact that there's weight to the situations to the point, you know, people die, you know, yeah. it, it's not all bubble gum and all that. Um, and, and I say that because, I mean, not that horror's bubble gum these days, but when you add in comedy in the manner that you do, horror can often get drowned out. And, you know, not that Pocus Hocus is completely horror. Um, that, that also goes for grandma chainsaw too, which I'm going to talk <laughs> plenty about. Um <laughs> But uh, just with um the 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 amount of laughs that you get out of this this pocus hocus specifically, um it, it like I said it was it was inspiring to know that the book not that this is the book I want to create but a book that, the, the amount of the emotions that I got out of this book is what I want to deliver, and I just. Man, delivery really is the key word with what you guys did here from front. Oh. Like you, you absolutely killed it on Pocus Hocus. Thank um, you. Thanks. 
And, and I just want to, oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead, man. What, what no, I just want to say a lot of that delivery is I, I just want to give credit where credit's due is, uh, is Alan because he understands comedic timing uh, really, really well. I understand awkward situations. <laughs> That's okay. what you were born into. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. I, well, darker, awkward situations. And then, and then Alan finds these like really hilarious zingers and comedic timing in, in some of it. So, uh, but, but yes, thank you. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. Don't, don't, don't worry about that at all. Um, that, that, that takes me to, one of the the questions that I'm very very curious about is your your guys's the the inspiration behind these genres. Like you say, Alan, you're you're the funny one, if you will, and well, you you know those awkward moments. Um, let's let's talk about the uh, like the the comedy that you ingest. You know what 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 is it that inspires you? What other comedy types? inspire you because i mean i'm i'm a massive fan of comedy specifically stand-up yeah so it, it's uh so for me one of my favorite stands up stand-ups is at the actually anthony jeselnik <laughs> i love him a lot even though we uh we don't go that hardcore no. <laughs> with Not quite. yeah um but i i love uh, a lot of satirical stuff and and dry humor um, you know, I guess my, my favorites for comedy, my favorite movie is, uh, thank you for smoking. I absolutely really? love that movie. Yeah. And, um, I love stuff like it's always sunny in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. just, just these wild, crazy moments where it's, it's more everyone else's reaction to what's happening around them. And they can't believe that someone could be this ridiculous or this stupid. That's the kind of stuff that like, I, I really like that. I dig it, man. I dig yeah. it. No, that's uh, there's there, there's and you have to almost ask that question because there's so many different varieties of comedy out there now, and uh, it's you 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 lay you, you're not a one trick pony in this book, so it's <laughs> it, it's it's really hard to to say what you're inspired by because it almost seems like you're inspired by almost everything, and that's not a bad thing at all. I mean, in any way. So I mean, it's. Just out of my own curiosity as a comedy yeah. fan, you know, I something I have to know. Yeah. But, what about well, what about you, Will? What's yours? Yeah, no, I I trace. Uh, Alan is probably going to reach to the screen and and murder me. I I always <laughs> go back to Beetlejuice, and the reason why I always yeah, go back good. to Beetlejuice is because that for me was something as a as a kid that was really like. I mean, it just, it just, uh, it opened some doors in my mind. I, I remember I loved the cartoon and I wanted this to watch this movie. And I had relatives telling my mom, don't, don't let him rent the movie from Blockbuster because the movie is dark. Like it's, it's got, it's not like the cartoon. He, Beetlejuice is not a good guy. It's scary. It's <laughs> freaking out. <laughs> and then I and I, then I watched the movie and just, I, I, I uh, drove everybody nuts with it for the next you know, however many years of my life, I loved it. it. It didn't scare me. In fact, I thought it was very funny, even from the time I was a kid. And it really, at that age, opened my eyes to like, wow, things can be like threatening, but they can, you can also laugh at them, you know? Right. And uh, that that's, I mean, that's always been it for me. Dark comedy is cathartic because I find that like a lot of times you're laughing at the dark behavior of people or human beings and, and, and it's like, you're, you're, you're laughing from a place of like knowing it's like, I've experienced this in my life. I know how that feels. 
and uh, it's just it's just cathartic to be able to to connect that irony there so you know i've always loved it alan's always loved it so whenever we get together and talk about ideas it's really like we you know we are we have we have two separate characters who are communicating with each other and they're characters that have been built by our creative experiences growing up and then we branch off and form characters in the comic books from that so yeah, it's, it's just it's it's cool though because like now that we're talking about it a little bit like and, and we see it back and forth right like yeah. i feel like will you're a little bit more responsible for uh some of pocus's stuff and i'm a little bit more responsible for some of the demon stuff right yeah. uh yeah. just because you know the, the demon's more of a, a dimwit Right, and Pocus is just jaded. Well, the, so, the yeah. demon, yeah, the, the demon is more mischievous than Pocus yeah. is the thing. Um, Pocus is. I come from a background in theater, and uh, Pocus is a personality type that that I sort of have, you know, fun playing with the idea of like the the, the drunken actor who's sick of fame, you know, all of that mm. stuff. And then, of course, I immediately connected the idea to Doctor Faustus when when we started talking about it, and and you know, selling your soul to the devil and and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I'd say we definitely have our own qualities and strengths we bring to the table. Yep. I dig it. And, you know, writing duos, I can I, I can't imagine how difficult that would be without it being the perfect pairing, because it really if it isn't the perfect pairing of creators co-writing, then it, you, it's 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 easy to tell. You know, I mean, it it, it comes out choppy and this it, it is seamless. But at the same time, it, after you guys describing your you know what your inspirations now it, it's it's fun to after you know just going through and rereading pocus hocus again uh right before this interview um it, like hearing the voices of of the characters it, it it definitely stands out so now going forward i'm like oh yeah i know i feel like if this were ever adapted to some kind of like animated series or something with voice actors alan and i would have like very very yeah. very <laughs> specific notes about how these about how these characters talk and that would probably be the only thing like i mean creatively we would have we would like really want to get in there and have control over is like that, that because we have voices that we sort of talk to each other with when we're writing these scripts and it's just it's so well, much fun <laughs> I, I like that you say that because you almost hear that voice too as when you're reading it you know you you, you the, these characters do have voices coming off these off a of paper you know they have that much character there, there there is so much character to them you you can you can sense their demeanor and it's Oh, I mean, even even the way it's lettered, man, the way Dave Lentz letters, the, um, like the, the for the, the servant. What's the the, the servant? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It's, there are no spaces, punctuation, anything like that. The, the yeah. font you use, you have a voice to that. Like he's just a Dave is solely responsible for that because we didn't write it that way in the script. And Dave. Yeah. Dave moved together. He said, I think this would be better for the character. And of course, you know, Pocus Hocus is our first comic book. So we didn't you know want to question it because who are we you know what i mean well we're we're still figuring it out you know dave yeah i think dave really taught me the what the the um like the letterer's responsibility Mm -hmm. is and can be within the medium of comics because if you've never worked directly in comics before sometimes lettering is not something that you think about dude what's something i thought about 
Right. And I mean, like he's completely rearranged my viewpoint on this because I I would argue that the lettering in Pocus Hocus is kind of like a character in and of itself, especially. And we're doing things like that, too, in the second volume of this that like uh, or the second arc of this that is real. that's we're finding new ways of of doing this stuff. And it's just it's it's really incredible. I mean, you know, we're at the writing part. Oh, go ahead, Will. No, just really quick. Working on creative projects where you're also learning while having fun and creating. I mean, it's just the best case scenario. Go ahead, Alan. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's it's fun because, uh, like Will said, we're we're always trying to push. We're pushing ourselves, and we also want to push our team too, right? Mm. Because we're sticking with the same guys. Uh, just because we love working with everyone, and we we felt like if it isn't broke, don't fix it. And then mm. whenever we get to the grandma chainsaw stuff, we'll we'll talk more about our decision with that. <laughs> but um. You know, before I forget, though, uh, to backtrack just a little bit, like when it comes to the writing duo stuff, uh, Will and I have been best friends since high school, and okay. um, we just finished writing a short story for uh, Roseblood Manor 2 that they're building right now, and it was so cool because we, we literally just talked about this on Sunday or whenever we got together last week. Yeah, I remember. whenever. The, I don't know my yeah. days. Are I know, right? Um, yeah. And um, Will was uh, getting ready to leave, and he's like, you know. Uh, we knocked that out pretty quick and it's just nice because he and I have never like, it's cool when you find that writing partner, right? Mm-hmm. When you guys are just feeding off of each other and n- no one's egos getting in the way and everyone is right. just like, Will and I are just having a blast. Like we're, we're cracking up whatever we're writing the stuff. And if we're not having fun or making ourselves laugh, then we know it's not going to deliver. So absolutely, uh, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's just cool, man. Like, because it's- yeah, it's just fun. It is one of the things that we mentioned in that in that conversation, too, is we were talking about like writers rooms, you know, for various shows and things like that. And I mean, it's like I, I've never been in one of those or sat in on one of those. But I imagine but it's doesn't actually- it sound like the funnest job in the world, though. Yeah. <laughs> it, it does. I, I was just having this conversation the other day it's, yeah. and not for the first time. I, the, I feel like that would be the funnest job in the world, especially in a comedy room. Oh, sitting yeah. around with all of the funniest people in a circle, all putting your heads together, making super jokes. Like yes. it's, it's, it sounds like the greatest gig ever next to maybe making comics. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of a requirement for the job. You know, if you, if you guys aren't making, you know, yourselves laugh, you're not going to make an audience laugh. And I mean, it's same, I think, yeah, I mean, I think Alan and I have that kind of understanding. And, and the thing that I expressed to him that I found so odd was that in the past I have tried to um, pair up with, with uh, you know, other people and write and uh, you know, people who uh, you know, who who you know like to write their stuff and I like to write my stuff and it's like okay let's come together and, and do something and and you can't do it and it's not because that they're they're bad collaborators or they're but but, but like writing is right. so internal that you have to find someone who also speaks that language and you can't really plan that. And I guess that Alan and I have just always had that sort of um you know banter back and forth really ever since we you know were friends in high school so it was kind of like right under our noses the whole time and we yep. never discovered it until we started writing a comic book so. yeah until covid happened and i was like hey will you want to write a comic book you're like sure right. we don't have anything else going on and then here we are focus focus here we are yeah yep. so i mean that 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 takes me to definitely one of my questions was what the hell made you guys want to write a comic? I mean, and what were your backgrounds in creating before that? Um, I like I said, it was just one of those like I just reached out to Will just because I I kind of had the story in my head um, for Pocus and when the story uh, start. 
Like when so did this, it start develop, developing in your head originally? I, I really like talking about this because it's it started when I was like seven. Um, because okay. yeah, I was trying to make my own comic book and it it, it went it didn't go past the first page because I can't draw anyway. But it was it was this book called The Magician, and it was just about a superhero magician, and that was it. And like it's just crazy how stuff like that just stays with you, mm-hmm. right? Um, so my my background uh, from creative standpoint is music, um, and that's that's really it. <laughs> it 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 didn't translate to this, but um, I I don't know. It, it was just one of those. I was just feeling strong about it, and I I just called Will up, and Will said yeah, and it was crazy how fast everything has happened since then. Um, you know, Will mentioned earlier that his background's in theater, and the way that we storyboarded everything and started work on everything is is huge kudos to Will because he was responsible for us getting all the characters together and getting everyone in line. Um, it was funny because it looked like, um, I don't even, it looked like an FBI's most wanted board because we had like, uh, this cork board with all this stuff tacked to it about, uh, Mm -hmm. where our characters are going, what are they feeling? Uh, because that was the most important thing to us before, before anything else, it was, will our characters be relatable? Will they be good? Will they be three dimensional? Mm Hmm. So, Will, you want to, you can take it from here. So, now, so, so you guys n- knew enough to, to to flesh it out to that level without ever writing anything before, right? What school <laughs> system did you guys go to? Because I mean, I, like, I, I I know in public schools they weren't they weren't trying. I mean, we didn't. I didn't leave I, school with the knowledge to be able to do anything. Like I, I that. think where this comes from, and Will, you, you will probably have a way better answer than what I will. Um, how my and Will's relationship formed was actually over movies. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we always talk about, we like this character in a movie or uh, we like this story in a movie. And it's, it, again, like it's kind of been under our noses the whole time, right? Because of the, the movies that we like are very character driven. Um, yeah. So we kind of just took that, it was internalized and then we just projected it on, well, let's make something that we would read. So Will, you yeah. want to go ahead now? Yeah, I just just uh, to add to that really quick, I think Alan might even be a little bit uh, too modest in saying that because I I think that we but I think that we both wanted to have wanted to write a comic book for a while, and and I would imagine that Alan, uh, you, you know, he he has much more of an extensive knowledge of two two subjects in particular, comic <laughs> books and, and theology um, <laughs> or mythology or, or that okay. that's that has always impressed me because I love myth and I don't know the first thing about it. <laughs> so, um, you know, so, but like I, I had written like, you know, I come from film and theater is, is you know, that's been my my areas. So or those have been my areas. So I come from a background of like I've written play scripts before I've written screenplays. I've always wanted to write like a graphic novel or something that's like, um, you know, for that specific medium. But I knew I didn't want to be the guy who was like, oh, I have this great idea for a movie and I can't afford to make it. Let's make it into a graphic novel. I understand that like film and comics are two different mediums. So it was really about having the uh, the right idea to fit into a comic book. And, you know, Alan had that. And when he came to me with the idea, like it just let loose all these uh you know, additional ideas. And uh, I, you know, I guess that the, uh, the rest is history, but like, really, I think, you know, for me, I had written screenplays and play scripts before. So what I did when we started working on Pocus Hocus was I started uh, formatting that almost in the way you would a screenplay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you, yeah. If you ever look at one of our scripts, it could probably 
be immediately adapted to a stage play just with how everything's laid out on it mm-hmm. i dig it yeah i dig it that's a nice little i mean that, that well so now i i, I have to know i mean you guys you, I mean, Alan, since seven years old, Will, from a young age, to wanting to write comics. When did comics come into your life? Like, what, what, what's, what's the history there? Where did that begin? Um, for me, like, uh, it was always an it was an early age because uh, at the time Kroger sold uh, these uh, our supermarket called Kroger. I'm not sure if you guys have that. Yeah, oh, where yeah, you are, yeah. if people are listening. I'm not. I don't know the nationwide reach for Kroger. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Um, so we, we had a Kroger and every Sunday, my grandma would take me there when she would go grocery shopping and, uh, she would buy me a comic book. And this is the part of the story I hate telling. So you could beep this part out, make it sound like I'm just swearing a lot. Um, I had a three ring spiral hole punch notebook. Ah, okay. <laughs> Dominated I mean, those no, things. When, when you're a kid, man, I mean, yeah, how, yeah. you don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but still, when I think about it, it just really hurts. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, for sure, for yeah. sure. But you know, so, no one's gonna hold a kid accountable. <laughs> you don't know the internet. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's true. So, um, that's true. the um, a- after that, like, you know, I was always into them, and then um. It, I, I never did any like extensive research, right? Like I only read stuff that was like the usual suspects, your 300s, V for Vendetta, Watchmen, all the stuff that was getting made in the movies. Okay. That's how, that's how I knew that. But what really got me into it was actually manga because I picked up my first manga uh, later in life, which was uh, Death Note. And I read that and just fell in love with it. And I was, I was so engrossed in, in, in manga because I was like, man, that's crazy that I'm getting all these emotions and all this stuff from a, a book that's in black and white. And these stories are unlike anything I've ever seen because I feel like sometimes we, you know, in mainstream, we'll just say, because like, again, I never did any indie research in mainstream. The, the story is relatively safe manga. They don't give a damn. They're just mm. going to throw whatever they want to at you. And the coolest part to me about manga, which was one of the more least intimidating parts is that it ends right they have a story in mind sometimes they just last 12 issues they're done and then whenever i was looking to get back into comic books it's like you know here's spider-man 10,000. it's like oh god <laughs> like where do i start and then there's all these different like alternate universes and different storylines and honestly it's intimidating. it is intimidating yeah, yeah it is unless you know someone that can just point you in the right direction and tell you hey don't worry about this because this actually never happened it's like oh okay so i think that's why i stuck with manga and then again it ties into our influences because I didn't realize this until uh, we finally got the book back uh, in our hands and was reading it. I was like, huh, there's a lot of Death Note references to this with how the demon follows Pocus around. And it's kind of like, you know, Uh, lack of a better term, the demon on his shoulder, you know? Uh, Yeah, Ryu equals light's consequences. And and now the demon is Pocus's consequence. And it's just really cool to to see how that all came to be. Willem Dafoe, give us a call. Yeah. I dig it, man. Well, what about you, Will? I mean, when did comics first come into your life? So I went directly for the underground stuff. This, this is I love this so story. Like Chrome and stuff like that. Sorry, like Chrome, like that kind of underground, or just off the beat. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. You should mention our Crumb. That was, you know, that was in in the mix. But I didn't read Crumb directly because I, I I was more interested. So I started with I would argue probably Daniel Klaus. But like the first one I oh. started with was was Jonan Vasquez and um and like uh, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac and Squid yeah. and things like that. 
And uh, so that was a pre, you know, that was kind of like preteen, teenage years. And then, of course, I moved into to Ghost World in my in my teenage years, and that is an incredible piece of work. And really fell in love with Daniel Klaus, and then from Daniel Klaus, of course, I got connected to Harvey Picor and R. Crumb and all these different, you know, uh, underground indie uh, comic book artists. And uh, I, the, the, re- the reason why I love this question so much is because I think it goes to show like Alan's influence for, you know, in the combination there between those things, because he, he kind of, ha- I mean, he has, you know, he has manga covered and, and, you know, the, the more extensive uh, mainstream comics, uh, in, you know, covered in, in terms of his knowledge. And then I have all these weird little cult indie things, dark comedy things. And we kind of just combine that. I feel like even in our writing. So that was my gateway to it. And, and I'm still, you know, uh, since I started writing comics directly, I'm trying to branch out and read everything that I can, um, you know, but uh, I still go back to, um, you know, I, I ordered a couple of Daniel Klaus's uh, the other day. I think on thrift yeah. books. One of them was David Boring. I still haven't read that, but but yeah, I mean, you know, it's um, that's where I started, and and in some ways, that's kind of where I'm still at. Even though I'm trying to branch out and get a well-rounded experience okay. with everything. So, well, are are there things you guys are reading now that have come out since that tend to keep you inspired and motivated? Are there certain creators out there that you just can't follow or you can't not follow um yeah so scotty young for me uh yeah yeah, i hate fairyland was something that was uh, i think very influential for how chaotic uh something that you can make and yet make it so beautiful right yeah see that that's Um, how i felt about the me you love in the dark like not so much chaos in that but like the the beauty within that horror me you love in the dark was phenomenal i Um, i I need to pick back up with that, dude. I read the first issue. I think the first two issues and really liked it. And I, I want to, I want to keep. Oh, you know, the fourth issue was one of my favorite single issues of all time. Oh, like nice. Yeah. It, okay. It's, it's amazing. So yeah, I, I love this. Scotty Young is continuing to influence people like you out there, man. That's, that's, that's awesome. Anybody yeah. else at all? Um, I picked up, uh, what was it? The closet? I think that was the name of it. Oh, James Sinan. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. 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 That was Wasn't great. it? Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Good one. I'm I'm working on that one too. I've started both of those. No spoilers, yeah. please. Uh, yes. Yeah. No. James Tinian's fantastic. I mean, the Department of Truth, of course, you know, I mean, is, uh, is, an, is um, an amazing series. I, I think I also like uh, Junji Ito, like anything that that dude puts out, I, I pick yeah. up immediately. Uh, but it's it's funny because I feel like. I'm at the point now where uh, Will and I are writing so much and just with how work and the holidays has been and stuff like, I feel like I've been reading less and I hate that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I've been, yeah. Well, I've been reading more, but it's been novels. Um, mm-hmm. I need to circle back. Actually, uh, I've got the second saga um, volume. I'm, I'm, I am, I am a baby with that. I have just started and, and I'm catching up. I know I got a long way to go. But I love it. I love it so much. So I mean, that's next up for me. As I'm nice. comic book wise, as I'm going to read the second so- uh, volume of Saga. But but yeah, it's it's. I mean, I'm I'm trying to ba- you know keep that balance there. And and uh, I feel like if you're you know I, I try to read whatever I'm writing. If I'm writing a movie script, I try to read some screenplays just to keep it yeah. the flow there and and you know that kind of thing. So um, but I also. Uh, uh, my favorite thing is monsters. I had to double check the title because I didn't want to mess it up. Um, so, did did you I, read uh, stuff of nightmares then from R.L. Stein? If you're into monsters, 
Uh, I actually haven't. No, no but I mean, highly recommended, man. If you're like yeah. a fan of R.L. Stein, you know, Goosebumps, like I he's am. doing I've adult met- horror. Yeah. And it's, yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it's a monster book and it's, it's incredible. It's four it's issues really cool. of badassness. So yeah, just because <laughs> just you said that, yeah, it's, it's, um, I have to recommend but, stuff like that. You know, nice. I will, I know we'll mention it a little bit, but like, um, it, it's cool though, because we were able to take a little bit of a break, um, from Pocus four to Pocus five by doing grandma chainsaw. Mm. And, um, I think that that helped us a lot with Pocus five, uh, yeah. because the story beats we had set up for the second arc of Pocus are, are relatively the same, but how we even started issue five completely changed. And we were so happy with this. Um, even when writing Pocus five, Will, uh, I think that's probably the hardest we've ever laughed. Probably yeah. with Pocus. Yeah. Yeah. The, <laughs> there's something that happens in Pocus five that, um, I think we both were crying laughing yeah. so hard when it was happening I know what you're talking about yeah yeah <laughs> we're not gonna spoil it i couldn't uh, stop don't worry. <laughs> so funny. yeah but it's it's really funny the thing that anchored me when we started pocus the second arc of pocus was was just this opportunity to to create new characters because we we've known for a while where we're going with the story and and um <laughs> making making these new characters has yeah. been so much fun and i cannot wait till the few just the stuff we've got lined up for the future issues and of course i can't talk about any of it you know because i don't want to give away any of the surprises but um it's Um, it's yeah so we're we're excited for the uh for the kickstarter for that um let's let's talk about the kickstarter oh okay let's uh you guys you guys run a mean campaign a speedy (laughs) campaign too um i'm not gonna lie man there's i i've been getting kickstarters in the mail that i i have long even forgotten about you know like almost two and a half years later they're showing up i get it it takes a long time to make a comic stuff happens but all this i mean stuff is happening to you guys at the same rate like and here you i mean this it, it comes out in high quality fast and i mean you guys fund and I feel like just, I mean, all you have to do is just post it. Yeah, you know? <laughs> we're, we're at the point now, knock on wood, knock on everything you can find. We're at the point where we're funding uh, usually within like eight hours. Which yeah, that, is, that's uh, that's which incredible. Is awesome. And uh, I mean, it's not like you guys are shooting for tiny little goals either, just to be able to say you did it. I mean, you, you, you got, like I said, it's a mean campaign um, to the point where, I mean, it, it got, it got eyes on you from, people like source point and yeah um we can we can bring that up too um so we got picked up by source point press uh pocus hocus and grandma chainsaw both did um and you know we, we can't say too too much but expect to see pocus hocus in shops this year let's see and it needs to be it really does it, 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 it's it's gonna sell yep Oh, oh my god i'm, I'm so excited we, for we hope future that's, success because uh we just got the email uh what was it yesterday i think i think uh, so yeah we got the email yesterday and they uh they gave us our release date so oh no kidding uh, yeah we'll be able to uh start soliciting here uh, in in the very near future but uh Should, yeah. can we look forward to maybe some new variant covers that... there will be four new brian Bolando and Jason Smith covers uh, that will that's, be exclusive to shops only. That's awesome. Yeah. So See, we, I, have a, we got a new I, cover for Pocus one, two, three, and four. And that, that, that's what makes Kickstarters, you know, 
just that much more special too is because you know for if some if you're just discovering pocus hocus off the shelf for the first time and then once you inevitably fall in love with it and you're if you're a collector like you myself you're like i want all of it and then you're going to realize there's there's things out there that you can't get unless you want to pay those ebay prices so then all of a sudden you're like well shit if this stuff's coming out on kickstarter i gotta start following them on kickstarter now and i get all the covers i mean it's 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 wild to think about like it's like will and i said you know we shipped out the first copy of pocus you know we've been doing this for like a year and a half now and it's just so crazy just to uh just to see how fast everything has happened well because you guys are producing fast you guys got four kickstarters out in a year and a half i mean more than four because i mean you got four issues out and then the trade right yeah Yeah, so we've actually ran six campaigns in a year and a half that's Uh, insane all have been successful and have uh, definitely surpassed where we believed like the pocus hocus four campaign was the craziest one that we saw yeah because that was our first over ten thousand dollar one that was that Yeah, that yeah. we definitely like that was crazy <laughs> for us that's so yeah. uh, oh man that, that that that's that's motivating as hell to yeah. hear um so when uh, when, when you're uh, teach us about kickstarter success like what 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 made your campaign be able to do what so many other campaigns strive to do i mean what what, what did you guys do different did, did, what campaigns I don't. I mean, you don't have to name them by name when I say what oh, no, campaigns did yeah. you learn what not to do things from. But I mean, like, what was your your experience with Kickstarter before going into this to know what to do and what not to do? I hate answering your questions because I feel like I give you the worst answers. <laughs> I don't <laughs> so, believe that uh, you are. Uh, yeah. So our experience with Kickstarter before this, well, for for me, wasn't a lot. Um, because I only backed like books from my friends, okay. right? Because I, you know, I want to be a supportive friend and I, and I wasn't ingrained in the indie scene. So I didn't know like half of these creators or, or anything like that. But you and, still had some sort of yeah. experience with Kickstarter. Right. I mean, you, you were familiar with how it worked and mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, but I, I think what Will and I always try to do, um, and this is something that I really love talking about, um, we, we strive for quality and mm. it, we mean quality in every facet. So we mean the way we ship the book. We mean the, the way the book feels in your hand whenever you get it for our digital backers, the highest quality PDF that we can possibly provide without giving you our print files. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and you're right about that yeah. too, because my, my book arrived in pristine condition. Like it was shipped, like you guys were shipping me a, a Marvel key issue. Right. And uh, my i i'm always so reluctant with kickstarter with trades because so many of them just arrive in an envelope and like oh it's not a comic book blah 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 these spines are i mean if you're not putting high oh it's quality they are they're fragile it doesn't take much to rip the glue out of these pages Mm -hmm. so the fact that you guys shipped it the way you did i mean it it, is testament to your your attention to quality because shipping with kickstarters is often the most overlooked thing you can send me the best book ever but I mean, sometimes it arrives with me <laughs> and that's so favorable of conditions, but yeah, no, yeah. this thing, I mean, this thing has been loved. It's not just been sitting on a shelf since I got <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and it's, it's in immaculate condition. 
so even with the shipping, right? Uh, we also, like I said, we want to make sure the book feels good. So that's why we researched printers first before we did anything. And it, I love kind of working backwards, right? So mm-hmm. then before that, before we even launched the campaign, we want to make sure that we're at a good spot in the book that it's already finished. So that way, by the time the campaign ends or close to when the campaign ends, we can ship almost immediately, right? Because we, we already know where we're going. We got picked up by a publisher we we kind of we have ourselves under our own personal crunch right uh because the faster that we can get stuff out to you guys the sooner you can enjoy it and that means we're that much closer in to giving another book that could be out in the world too i mean it seems sensible to me right (laughs) it seems like Um, the way to do it the only thing is is you actually have to put an effort to make something like that happen though and that's where everyone falls short I stress about it, man. So uh, my, my day job, I work in home health. So I'm, I'm dealing with- Oh man, with, you already yeah. have yeah. everything <laughs> on your plate. Yeah, so I'm yeah. dealing with uh, making sure other people's families are getting the attention and care that they need, right? Um, and that, that kind of translates to this because I want to make sure that these people who are giving us their hard-earned money who don't have to do that for us, they're, you guys are supporting our hobby. And it's just nice to, it's our way to say thank you is the least we could do is just try to get your book out within a three month period. Right. Um, And then again, when it comes to quality, uh, we want to make sure the writing that we're giving you guys and the story is quality and it's worth your money. We want to make sure the art is worth your money. The coloring and the lettering is all just, you guys open this thing up and I want you to feel like, man, this is, this is great. I can't wait to see what this team does next. Yeah. I I would, uh, I would say that, I mean, Going into, I mean, you mentioned, you know, supporting a hobby, but I mean, I, and you're right, but I mean, I think that we're serious about the the hobby. I mean, you know, we want to tell this extensive story. We went into it with, 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 with an extensive storyline mapped out. You know, we didn't, we didn't write one issue and then it was like the dog who caught the car and, and we were like, oh, well, this was successful. Now what do we do? You know, I mean, like we, we were like, okay, well, before we do anything, you know, anything we want to know, like we want to have everything planned out, you know, uh, because like, again, we were serious about telling the story. So I think, I think a lot of that, um, you know, uh, helped as well. It's just kind of knowing what we wanted to do next. If those, if we got those opportunities and luckily we have, so. Yeah. I dig it. So you, uh, you, you guys are obviously good at, maintaining and creating deadlines for yourselves um but when we you're with kickstarter you can make that whatever you want when you go to source point i mean deadlines are everything um and being released through source point how is that going to affect your guys's workload are they going to release the first or the first volume as you guys are producing the second volume on kickstarter so that it has time to catch up yeah. Or is, is that how it's yes. going to go? Yeah, that's how it's going to happen. Um, so source point, th- these guys are awesome. And th- this mean like you could take the, people could take this one of two ways, but for us, it's been incredible because they are so hands off and it's awesome. Really? Yeah. Yes. Because they, they, they realized that they picked us up for a reason and that we are also independent creators, you know, um, th- this could also, like you said before too, Brian, like th- this could extend to, um, them knowing that we will they don't have to be honest about anything because we're we're working on everything as fast as we can you know um so but no these these guys have been awesome they uh they just give us creative freedom and it's been it's been great sweet man 
I, I dig it. Uh, Source Point has catapulted themselves to being my favorite small print publisher. Mm-hmm. And you can almost hardly even consider them a small print publisher with the books they're putting out. Like, I think Good Boy really put them on the map big time this yeah, year yeah, good boy's awesome yeah and here you get i mean you're working with you know dave lentz and yeah I, I, and now i mean kit wallace on, so i do want yeah. yeah i want to say this uh kit wallace you know he's currently working on our horse and hell miniseries yeah, yeah i mean so we're it's Derek awesome gunn we, was yeah. a consultant on mm-hmm. on uh grandma, grandma chainsaw, chainsaw. Yep. So, I mean, do do you did you guys hook up through Dave Lenz? Uh, yeah. Ultimately, yeah, because um, you know, it, Dave had nothing to do with us getting published. Um, you know, Dave's worked with them before, but it's really they're not going to publish something that they don't believe in because right, right, it, yeah, it, it is what it is. So, you know, we sent it through, and then I think after that, that's what really helped ease a lot of the conversations with. Uh, just showing what we're working on some of the other ideas that we have um, that we have that we're going to be really doing, you know, later in the future and stuff. And I can't wait for us to be able to talk to you about them because uh, we uh, we're, we're, uh, we're crazy. (laughs) And we we have some wild stuff, but man. um, Yeah. It's just, uh, it's all around just been a, a fun experience and well, I, I think you guys have found yourselves in good company, like being in Source Point Press, because like Garrett Gunn and Dave Lentz, what those guys are doing, like I'm every everything I see their name on now, yeah. I'm buying. It's cool and because they put I'm us not in the there. only one. So yeah. with you guys being associated with them, you're, you're I mean, you, it's it's just going to mean great things once once you're on there. And I mean, not saying you even need that to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, considered great once you get on the shelves like you you don't need anybody else's name associated but it's just that much cooler because i mean the, the people recognize the community here yeah. once they start seeing names circle around with each other you know it it, it just i don't know it, it, it does nothing but help let's let's put it that way it's so, it's cool yeah. because they put us in the uh there's source point press and then there's the four color fiends and they threw us mm. in the four color fiends so we'll have <laughs> Yeah, we'll have that in print whenever we uh, whenever we go. That's that's awesome, yep. man. That, that, that's so cool. Um, let's talk about Grandma Chainsaw. <laughs> let's talk about it, <laughs> bro. Um, <laughs> so you you said you needed like a essentially like a palate cleanser in between yeah. Hocus Pocus. <laughs> yeah, just because it was one of like I had the idea for Grandma Chainsaw as well. Uh, approached will about it and we we definitely uh no pun intended we fleshed it out <laughs> and, and and got to where we needed it to be but uh we didn't know when to start working on it right so after we finished issue four of pocus it's like okay cool first arc's done let's just take a break because we want to be at our best still because we don't i don't want the team because from where we're using the same team i didn't want them to be just jaded and tired of just like oh, i'm tired of calling him this stupid drunk magician and then we can like you know really work on something else and then that's where uh, grandma chainsaw that's where we found the timing for that yeah that one was music to my ears yep. um, <laughs> i i have always wanted to work on a slasher um always and i just it's 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 one of those things where it's such an open door that like you know i mean everything's been done before in some way shape or form so it's like you got to pick the idea that you love and then bring your own like flavor to it and um truth be told alan probably could have came to me with the idea about a chainsaw wheeling like aardvark 
I would have went along with it, but, but right. But I mean, I was very lucky because this idea of grandma chainsaw is, uh, should, should almost, I mean, should almost be illegal in how good it is just in the sense <laughs> that like, all you have to do is say the title and it sells itself. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like the idea. That's exactly what you want for a slasher. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't get better than that. So, I mean, there was no way, there was nowhere to go with it, but up, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like we could have done anything and, and, you know, it it would have had that title there, but like, Mm. we really just, uh, I mean, went for broke and, and dove into it and, and, um, God, I had so much fun. It really scratched um, me. Itch. I've been it was, yeah, and two, yeah. you know, uh, before we go ahead and let you tell us what you thought about it, um, it was one of those where we felt like we, we wanted to keep some mystery to it, right? Um, we felt like we undersold the book whenever we ran our first campaign because uh, we, we just sold it as your stereotypical slasher about an old lady with a chainsaw uh, because we didn't want to give too much away because there's a lot that happens in one 28 page issue. Mm, Um, Just like with, with all the random stuff that we throw in there, some of the, the the crazy antics that you see Hazel get into. And then the ending where you, you meet a new group of people. Um, We, we didn't want to give too, too much of it away because I wanted people to open it up and uh, just to be like, I didn't expect this. All the feedback we got uh, will. And I, I think you've pretty much gotten the same thing too. Every, every piece of feedback that we've got, the the consensus is usually the same they said i didn't see that coming and i loved it. no not in the slightest okay <laughs> no that was the okay. biggest curveball ever because all of a sudden i was like oh man now I'll, now now the sky's the limit with this book yeah. it's, it's not <laughs> it's not just a survival book do we go ahead now. and tag spoilers here so we can talk about it let's yeah let's do this okay man. spoilers turn it off uh follow pocus hocus on kickstarter we're launching i think january the 24th for issue five or volume two dash one however you want to look at it and it's going to be uh it's going to be a blast okay yes. now enough of that bull crap here's grandma chainsaw <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. I mean, I, I, I really don't even know where to begin. I mean, yep. the, the, just the, 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 that first panel immediately. I mean, I, I had, after that first page, I set it down. I was like, all right, this, yep. this is, this is it. This is yep. the thing. This is exactly <laughs> what the fuck I want out of a book called mm-hmm. grandma chainsaw. Yep. And yeah. so it began. And this I is, mean, yeah, this is like a drug for me. Like, <laughs> It really is. Cause like, I mean, when we sit down and write, like I get rabid and, and like, I, it's like the, when, when <laughs> it's like, no idea is too crazy. As long as we earn our, our right to do that within the parameters of what we're working at on. And it's not really that hard to earn your right to do it when you're writing a slasher cup. <laughs> um, so it's like every crazy whacked out thing is just like fuel for the fire, you know? And I mean, it's just, it's so exciting to, to hear this stuff, stuff that I've been used to in the past, like having to shoot down because, you know, it's like, oh, that's too fantastical for this project or, or no, we got to do subtlety and nuance. It's like none of that with this. And it's just, it's very liberating. I dig it, man. Oh, I dig it. Uh, So since we're talking spoilers here, um, like I, 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 I'm not saying I had low expectations. I don't want to right. make it sound but like you that. Think, but, but the way we you, sold it, you think you figured it out, right? Right. You think it is what it is on the surface. Yeah. Right. And uh, so the, the this this team coming in at the end. I mean, it, <laughs> the it, dead it, squad. Yeah. The dead squad. 
man these characters just the the one scene with the oh man i had all of the names down in my head the the the, more power bald guy um (laughs) that gets the ninja star stuck in his head oh two ton two ton yes yeah that intro that intro scene and it was (laughs) the when it ends too uh like the 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 reaction between the two characters like we nailed the intro yeah they were reading they said what i was thinking in my head i was like what an intro this is great (laughs) yeah yeah so the will is to thank for the dead squad because um whenever we did it we we weren't sure because like of course we wanted to ramp up the body count right um Mm. So whenever we were storyboarding it, Will said, well, how about you have like a bunch of like good old boys in the woods just waiting? And then we were bouncing ideas off of each other. It's like, well, that, that's kind of done a lot. So what can we do to kind of change it? And then we agreed on the idea just to have like a bunch of weebs in the woods just waiting, man. <laughs> like, yeah. I, uh, two-ton. Um... <laughs> Tell me about two-ton. What does two-ton... there to say about two-ton? I really, really wanted a uh, Dark City Strangers aesthetic for this guy. And he probably just nailed it. I remember <laughs> writing, I, like, I think I wrote that in the script, maybe that he looks kind of like um, uh, one of the strangers in Dark City. And boy, yeah, he really mm. hit it. It's just every time I see that character, I crack up. Yeah. Just like the reveal with the, with the, like the sack. Yeah. And, and he's just like, he's standing there, but he's like towering over us, you know? Yeah. And, and it's just, it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, when Doc X brings him out and sets him down in the sack, that was, uh, yeah. th- that was actually like an Ace Ventura when they just, that's Paul's exactly reference. what I was thinking. Too. Yeah. It was Ace Ventura. Like, <laughs> like you're yeah. waiting for something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's... Doc X sets down two ton and two ton. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Ace Ventura by way of Dark City. Yeah. I, 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 it's so much fun. So, I mean, it, it feels like the, 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 the sky is the limit with this story now. I mean, is this set to be a mini series or is yeah, this a potential? Okay. Yeah. It's set to be four issues right now. Um, we, we talked about the possibility of doing five, just depending on, because um, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to shoehorn anything in there or condense anything down. Uh, but as of right now, we're, we're slated for four issues with this because um, we we don't want too much of a good thing. We don't want a Jason goes to Manhattan situation mm-hmm. where <laughs> we don't know what the hell we're doing. Um, and you know, we I just I want people to to get their fill, but I don't want them to get full. Like I I want them to read Grandma Chainsaw and yeah. then be like, man, I hate that it ended, but it ended exactly where it needed to. Right. Awesome. Yeah. One, one right of those on. things. Yeah. Well, I'm already what, mad that it's going to end. Because <laughs> that's the thing with like with Pocus Hocus. Yeah. 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 Really. But with Pocus Hocus, the you know how that story and that world lends itself, you could do a million things, and we have we've already thought of several arcs that we can do. That's and everything awesome. Like that. But um, but with this, we really just wanted just to tell a fun, crazy story, just within a with it condensed within itself, all happening with inside of Hazel's home. And we, we feel like four issues will, will be good for that. Yeah. So it's all going to be revolving around Hazel. Yes. Oh, man. Yes. That's, that's awesome. Oh, that's yep. so cool. Uh, um, I mean, so more surprises ahead, but yes, it, yeah. it, it revolves primarily around. Um, yeah. The, around the ending for Grandma Chainsaw is, uh, the lack of a better term, it's batshit. So mm. we, uh, we can't wait. <laughs> 
it's, uh, that's so awesome man yeah the um the it's funny too because like a lot of the feedback as well uh stuff that people didn't expect the uh the elbows off the table scene okay yes. yeah yeah where we find the girl on the wall you get uh, uncomfortable reading that yeah well it's the one where we actually find her body against oh, the wall. oh oh yeah, yeah. No, that, that 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 was the most metal thing i've read all year so far <laughs> that, that, that oh. was so perfect yeah so we were so happy with that and then we uh we killed another one off screen and had her lungs thrown at her girlfriend and we just <laughs> we just kind of went in on it and then uh yeah, we, we really do. It's funny because it was how we felt about the transition from Pocus Hocus 1 to number 2. It's the same thing with Grandma 1 to 2 because we finally got it out of the way. These are our characters. This is our situation. This is our story. Now let's have fun and let's just cut loose. And Grandma Chainsaw 2, is uh, it's pretty brutal. And we're, we're mm. so excited with some of the kills we thought of. Oh, uh, yeah. See, that... That, that's that's where slashers get real fun is creativity when it comes mm-hmm. to that type of stuff and yeah you know the, the being slaughtered in the manner that you were because of some elbows on the table and yeah. i mean like it's just, you guys you understand what we want i did yeah. <laughs> you absolutely have have your finger on the pulse of what yep. readers want and uh um i mean not that they're saying not not that i'm saying that what you're doing isn't enough but do you have plans for other endeavors in the future beyond hocus pocus since grandma chainsaw is a mini series yeah um will and i are we already brainstorming we have uh i can go ahead and at least just to say the title to it uh we're we're working on detective story uh called one sunday afternoon um, we have another series that we're working on. It's going to be a mini series. Uh, this one's called Deacon Dan's Famous Chili, and uh, we I already uh, love it. Yeah, <laughs> that's my little brainchild. Yeah, I, I don't well, know how. Um, you know, I, I don't know where that's going to go, but I'm interested to see what we can do with it. Yeah, um, and then we have a couple little mini stories that we're working on, uh, just for uh, a couple anthologies and stuff like that. So awesome! You guys yeah, are hard we, at uh, work. Yeah, we we definitely know what we're doing and we definitely know what drives us. And, you know, we've already talked to Brian, Jason, Dave. They're they're on board for everything that we want to do. That's so, so cool, um, man. Yeah, it, it hurts us and helps us in some respects. And uh, the hurt is very light. Uh, the hurt is that we can only produce so fast. Right. Right. Because it is the same team. And right. we want to try to stagger releases because not everyone that reads Pocus is going to like Grandma. Not everyone that reads Grandma is going to like Pocus. It, it happens. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, so we want to we want to try to stagger releases and just have fun with it. The only really other outside inter, uh, interior artist that we worked with is Kit Wallace. Um, but we try to just keep everything within the team just because uh, we, we feel like it also kind of gives us an identity. Right. Like so if you right. see a. Uh, you know brian Belando illustration you might think oh cool alan and will are going to be attached to that too exactly you see, you're, you're creating yeah. a brand right like, it's kind of like what what garrett and kit uh exactly. christy and dave did yeah yep. so <laughs> it's just kind of just i don't know and it, it just feels right working with everybody so and it, and we're just so happy with with the artwork that they're producing and we just yeah, yeah. they uh, all understand the assignment we're at that point now where we give brian a script and he doesn't even send me concept pages anymore hardly Right, like he just yeah, he just sends us a final. And we're like, yep, yeah, perfect. That's what we're seeing. Done. And all that's gonna <laughs> do is just make your guys's productivity that much faster too. Mm-hmm. It's just gonna yeah. speed up when you guys are all working together. Because I mean, yep. that's that's gonna be the thing. Yeah, it's pretty self-explanatory how that works. But it's 
it's exciting is what it is as a reader knowing that you guys are working you know and as the machine that you are yeah. uh, it's uh it's assuring that yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. there's some publishers out there for sure i'm sure it's going to go beyond just source point when it comes to publishers oh. reaching out to have okay. have their names on your books because i mean i i've i've yet to to hear a bad word about anything that's you know been uh, anything that's been mentioned about pocus hocus or grandma chainsaw and when it comes to grandma chainsaw like there's there's going to be crowds out there that are going to be shaking their fist at things like that just Mm -hmm. because of how absurd and outrageous and brutal and metal it is and you know it's there's it is what it is yeah yeah Yeah. but uh, you you're not you're not hearing any of that, man. Like it's, it, it's just nothing but good things. So that's awesome. Be assured that. Yeah. No, yeah, even behind closed doors, people still like it. Thank God. Yes. Yes. <laughs> We're right. in your corner. We're in your yeah. corner. Yeah. Um, is, is there uh, anything else that you want to say about maybe the Kickstarter com- campaign or anything like that? Um, so this is good and yet bad in the same breath because um, on the campaign uh, it's, it's typical stuff. You know, we have our variant covers. We, we try to keep it relatively small and yet as big as you want to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we always run our a la carte system. So if you back anything, any tier, you can add on anything else that's, that's in the campaign. That's awesome. Um, just because we never want anyone to feel like they're being strong armed into buying something that they don't want to get. So like you, you don't have to buy a $300 tier if you want just like one metal cover. Right. Mm. Um, so, mm. you know, we always try to do that. So you kind of build your own, build your own uh, tier. Uh, but this time we, uh, we went a little bit overboard, but I think we were just excited for um, the second volume of Pocus. So I think, once it's all said and done, um, you know, we'll obviously see in the final product, but I believe we're going to have seven covers all together for, for Pocus. We oh, had a yeah. lot of people uh, that were really eager that wanted to do covers with us and everything. And um, we obviously couldn't pick just the four that we liked the best uh, to do on this campaign and then save them for later. So I think we're kind of leaning toward the idea of just uh, putting them all out now awesome. and then uh, just kind of celebration for the first you know, return of 2023 for Pocus with the second arc. Uh, here is seven covers from uh, seven very talented people that, uh, for some reason, have chosen to pick up our project. <laughs> and Hell, do, yes. Do this. <laughs> Hell yes. Well, what's the process of finding variant cover artists? Are they reaching out to you at this point, or are you working um, yeah, the socials so looking for we, the best? Uh, we actually had one. Um, his name is uh, Sajad, and he did a cover for Department of Truth. Yes. Uh, right. so yeah, he, uh, yeah he did he did a cover yeah. for grandma chainsaw 2 that awesome. is uh it's pretty mind-blowing <laughs> that how that cover looks um uh, but, yes it is yeah it's <laughs> that cover is insane i uh, can't is. wait to reveal that yeah but we um he's working on one right now for pocus hocus 5 um as well so we we got him uh summer dale who's done a lot of stuff for bad bug uh you know and i, I try to like to always make it from a collector standpoint too, because I like using the same people. Um, you know, it's a comfort thing too. And I think it's a collector's thing, but Mark Marvita, who's done a cover for us since issue two is here. Uh, Kit Wallace, who has done a variant cover for everything we've ever done is That's here. So too. cool, man. Yeah. It's, so Kit, uh, yeah. Yeah. Kit's new cover. Uh, I I'm, I'm actually going to send it to you for uh, privately, Brian, uh, his okay. cover for grandma chainsaw two is, um, You'll you'll see whatever I send it to you. But his it, cover, man. yeah, his cover for Pocus Five is is nuts as well. 
Um, I'm trying to think, Will, am I missing anybody right now that's done it? Um, Ryan Kincaid, he's working on one too. Yeah, that dude's um, a beast. Yeah, Ryan's he did a cover for Grandma Chainsaw One as well. Uh, and I'm trying to think, oh, Edward Bentley, who's done a cover for us, uh, ever since Pocus uh, Three, I think. Um, so he came back for another cover, and Edward, I told him this too, it's nothing against everything he's done. Um, but he's delivered my favorite cover that uh, I've seen of him uh, for yeah. Pocus Five. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's nuts. <laughs> so. I'm excited. I'm definitely yeah. excited. I have a feeling you guys are going to be taking a chunk of cash from me because I mean I'm <laughs> I'm a fan at this point. Uh, I mean it's awesome. uh, you're you're the the team that you are is exactly what I like to see. Like I like to me, it's the the Snyder Capulos, the Kevin Cuff, Bob France, Metal Shark Bros. You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, Alan and Will. You know, this, <laughs> this is uh, I, we strike I, I like, fear into the hearts of our enemies. <laughs> yes, yes, man. Well, you just we, we we know exactly what we're gonna get. You know, we mm-hmm. don't know. That's the thing. We we have no clue what we're gonna get other than quality, and that's 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 really all i ask for you know just give me something <laughs> i i have i haven't read before that's good yep. and uh, i'm a fan you know i'm an well, easy sell that we can do yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I believe you. That much I, we can always deliver now whether you like it or not that's up to yeah, you yeah <laughs> we can always you know i mean of course there's a great debate to be had about what is or is not original and you know that kind of thing but that's one thing we we try to keep it as real as possible and just do something that, you know, it, it, you know, has a unique flavor to it or something that we, I don't feel like we're ever on autopilot when we write, you know, and that's, no, we, we, and that's, that's the great. thing too. We always want to make sure we're both in a good headspace before we do anything. Well, yeah. see, I, I can, yeah. I can tell when, a, when, when it's being phoned in because I'll realize that I've scrolled four pages and all of a sudden I'm like, Oh shit, I'm reading a comic. What is this? That's yeah. because yeah. the writer phoned it in. I'm not in tune. There's mm-hmm. not, no dude. I'm, if I'm having to go back and scroll to see what I read, it's because I want to read it again. Yeah. You know, like uh, uh, there, there's a, a certain scene in uh, <laughs> the the uh, the first character that, that that meets up with the couple after they escape the house or the, oh, does Fury talk like yeah Fury <laughs> yeah. i mean I, I i'm reading it in the car on the way to go pick up my books i'm not driving i'm <laughs> had someone else drive me but i, I mean I, I laughed out loud i was like all right dude you just let me read you this pan. he's like oh, yeah they'll prefer the sheath over the sword yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking great, and uh, uh, yeah, and like I said, I, I went through and I, I revisited that more than once through one read, just because of you know how 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 it made me feel. So no, I mean, I, people are drawn in to to what you guys are are reading for sure, and I mean, I, yeah, I, I speak for all of us, you know, I'm amongst the community. So thank you so yeah. much. That's yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it means a lot, man. Thank you. Um, before I let you guys go, I just just for funsies, I, I, out of pure curiosity, I'm always uh, other creators out there. I, I like to know what you guys like, and it's it's, it's often a divisive conversation or a question. But um, I'm still intrigued. I, I like to know who everyone's favorite, all time favorite protagonist and antagonist is in comics. Wow. Um, no, no, not superhero, not villain necessarily, but your favorite protagonist, favorite antagonist. Man. Oh, so I 
God, I hate saying this because, um, well, okay. So I have two, I have a comic one and then a, a manga one, right? Okay. Uh, my comic one, God, I'm going to sound like such a nerd. Well, not even a nerd. I don't even know what I sound like. I sound generic. Um, Batman and the Joker. It's, I, yeah. I just, I love it. They're as iconic as they are I, for a reason. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, love, I feel like it's an easy answer, but, and then uh, for manga, it's uh, Guts and Griffith from yeah? Berserk. Yeah. Nice. 100%. Yeah. I dig it. I mean, I by far one of the uh, creepiest antagonists I think that's ever existed in a comic book for me is the um, is 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 it Billy and Spawn in the first? Uh, he he has more of a role in the uh, in the in the show, but like in the in the first Spawn um, or in the first the Spawn volume, he's uh, doesn't play as strong of a role. I'll just leave it at that. But um, <laughs> that's a really creepy antagonist, and that just pops into my head for some reason. Probably because I just recently read Spawn, so take that with the nice. grain of salt. Having said that, um, I, I do really like Spawn, and I think that Spawn kind of functions, walks that line between antagonist and protagonist. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, pretty well. I, th- this is one of those questions, man, where, like, after the interview, I'm going to th- pr- I'm gonna think of, like, all these great I, answers. Everybody does. This is your, <laughs> just, I, I'm not saying this is your final solid answer. Oh, I no, like no, to I, know what the I first know. thing that comes to mind is. Like, that, oh, that's yeah, really yeah. What, it, what it is. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I, that, uh, yeah God, just Batman and the Joker man for me like it's the, well i mean so batman great. and the joker though i mean yeah that that does make because there's such a i mean extensive history there and there's mm-hmm. like real weighty philosophy there depending on which route you go with it i mean that makes complete sense to me i don't i wouldn't be embarrassed about that uh, answer alan um but i just something about for me i think that that when when my mind goes to protagonist and antagonist my mind goes to spawn and i think the reason is because part of that comic really is looking at the the lines that blur between those two roles and all these different things and i i've just always really uh really liked really like spawn so that's my answer for protagonist is definitely spawn my my answer for antagonist might be uh the uh i believe that billy the senator's uh son who is who is a serial killer in in spawn is just (laughs) creeped me the hell out just (laughs) completely creeped me out so Those are those are first Batman Joker, probably the 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 consensus out of I I think I've done, I don't know, well over 100 different interviews now. So Batman Joker. Yeah, that's a popular one. Like I said, for good reason. I mean, I've got the Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson, Batman Joker. Right. I mean, that's nice. Definite. That's for sure. Batman Returns is one of the greatest. I mean, I you know, I'm, films ever made, and you thank know, you, fucking yeah. thank you. Oh, it, <laughs> no, it is, it is, it transcends. It, it, it is transcends Batman. It transcends comic book. It it trans books. It transcends film. That thing is a. a Danny it, DeVito it, cast as the Penguin is the greatest single casting in all of film of all time. Well, how did that get made? Yeah. How <laughs> did that movie get made? Yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't understand. I'm glad well, that it did. My, yeah, my favorite thing, my favorite story about Batman Returns is Tim Burton walking in, so happy to do Batman three, and the studio is just like, "We've chosen someone else." <laughs> like, we want to go a different route with it. After coaxing him back by saying, "You can do anything you want," and yeah, he and did, it. he made yep. a uh, he made a gothic expressionist masterpiece, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Uh." Ugh. <laughs> you know like they could mcdonald's couldn't sell it like they couldn't yeah. market it people were walking out of the theater holding their stomachs like they've been socked in the you know <laughs> i mean it's 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 
it's a hell of a movie. I mean, it's one of my favorites. <laughs> it's 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 a masterpiece. That movie yeah. solidified the Penguin as my favorite DC villain of all time. Yes. I mean, yep, and yes. has been since. Yes. I, so, ah, uh, oh man. See, I. This is why I love that question. I mean, it, 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 it gets, <laughs> yeah. just gets into your heads just that much further. I like to know who the hell's making my comics, damn it. That's why I started <laughs> right. this whole thing. You know, if there's there's only cons so often, you know, you right, give yeah. yourself the means to just make them want to talk to you so you can answer the questions then. Sure. Yeah, that's that's yeah. the whole. <laughs> uh, this, this has been fun. This a long time coming, but well worth the wait at least to me um this That's is sweet. not gonna be the last time oh we're, definitely we're, not we're no we'll be bugging your ass <laughs> for yeah, another uh, interview please yeah, I've enjoyed do this interview. yeah yeah our uh, <laughs> our good. next next campaign after this one we're looking to hopefully depend time depending we're hopefully the launch in march uh, and that will be grandma chainsaw 2 nice so, yep. hell yeah the, the guys man. are the guys are working really hard on that one right now i dig it yep I dig it. We'll we'll be talking after there's more things to talk about, man. I'm I'm mm, very very excited for what you guys have to come for you. I see a lot of success in your future. I see future future Cheersies awards. You guys are already a Cheersy winner with Hocus Pocus. No, we 20- got we got no, we got nominated. Uh, we didn't win. You we did got not second. win. No, we uh, got second. I might have to recount that. <laughs> yeah, I demand a recount. <laughs> Oh man. But uh I mean that that's when it got on my map. I mean when when Ken Moneybags I mean yeah that it's actually funny before you guys reached out to me there were two other people that reached out to me like dude you got you need to talk to the guys from Pocus Oh Hocus. really that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, um no it's yeah, you people know who you are. That's 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 what I love about this. And oftentimes when when you know I'm people reach out to me you know it's a lot of times they're bringing me basic cookie cutter stuff Mm -hmm. but when there's other people unsolicited reaching out saying hey these guys are going to be great on your show i mean i I have to take that into consideration and god damn are they right (laughs) (laughs) thank you oh man um hey you guys know how to get a hold of me i make sure you stay safe so we can keep reading your books because you're you're making it a lot of fun right now. It's well, much we appreciated. Lot, yep, we got a lot coming your guys' way, so thank you everyone. And this is how I like to always end these interviews. Uh, I just always like to just again say thank you to the reader uh, yes. and thank you to the team thank for you. making yes. yeah for making this book possible. Because Will and I are just the writers, and with, without these guys making our vision come to life and putting in the blood, sweat, tears that they do, wouldn't be here. And thank you for the fans who keep pushing more and more for us each campaign. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank Hell you. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right, guys. Y'all stay safe. We'll talk real soon. All right. Awesome. Bye. Cheers. Bye, guys. Thank you. Michael Moore, and this is the Cheers to Comics podcast with Brian Wayne. I'm John Chang. This is Drew Zuck. This is Mark Russell. Uh, you're listening to Cheers to Comics podcast. 
Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now